0: Oh, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. You know what time it is? It's time for football. And time to jump into the action at FanDuel Sportsbook and Lounge at Live Casino. Bet on your favorite teams at our self-service kiosks and sit back and watch the players duke it out on the field on our massive 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call one 800 gambler. And here is the plan to finish up the week. The first segment, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown on the four playoff games. Really good, really good slate. And then the second half, do something a little different. I'll I'll tease that for later. But so let's talk about these games in chronological order. Chiefs are favored by nine against the Jags. And there's great familiarity between these head coaches. I really like the direction the Jags are going. I absolutely think Lawrence is much closer to the second half Lawrence than the first half Lawrence. I don't think the Chiefs will force him into looking, you know, overwhelmed, throwing picks left and right. I just think that you give Andy Reid a week off, it goes a long way. I mean, his his records after a bye are tremendous. Been scouting the Jags now for two weeks, the Chargers for the first week, I and mean, that's how that works. You, you know, you get your advanced scouts on both those. And a key here to me is, can the Jags pressure and control Mahomes in the pocket with just their front four? I lean towards yes, but Kansas City's offensive line is really good. And as a whole, the Jags' pass defense very much scares me. I mean, even without a Tyreek Hill out there, Mahomes is playing, frankly, much better than any other player on the planet right now. Rested. I think Chris Jones, who's Phenomenal. It, it really causes problems for the interior of that Jags line. And I think you're just kind of in over your head a little bit here if you're the Jags. I mean, they've essentially played two playoff games. This will be their third one in a row. This one on the road in Kansas City. Brutal situation. Just a really young, promising team, but I'm stressing young there. I mean, the Chiefs have been there, done it. I think they win this thing by double digits. Not easily. I don't think it's a non-competitive game. But boy, Kansas City, you don't listen to me for this. You guys all know this. But I really thought after the wild card round that the bye week, especially in the AFC, was really crucial because... I lost a little bit of faith in Cincinnati. I lost a little bit of faith in Buffalo. We'll talk about that game in a minute. While the Chiefs could just kind of sit back and lick their wounds and get healthier. And I'm sure the Kelseys of the world are appreciating that a great deal. I just think this is kind of walking into a buzzsaw for the Jags. Uh, The next one. Okay, one of my takes from Wild Card Weekend were, I thought the Seahawks and the Vikings defense I don't say we're embarrassing, but we're really, really bad. And that's not taking anything away from the Giants, who travel the Eagles uh, for the late game on Saturday. The Eagles are favored by seven and a half. I also think that bye week does greatly favor Philadelphia. Giants are more beat up. You know, have had to play more tough games of late, um, and this have a much thinner roster. The Giants probably won't blitz a ton, which is uncharacteristic for them. They have a really good front four. But I think their back seven has a rough time against Goddard and A.J. Brown and Smith. You hope Hurts is sharp and as healthy as he's been. Not certain on that. Um, But I think that there's just a lot of firepower for this Giants front to deal with. I think the front handles it well. But I think the back seven will get exposed a lot, you know, uh, quick throws after the catch, things of that nature. And again, I have respect for the Giants, but I thought the Vikings made it way too easy on them. I mean, there were so many plays where Daniel Jones hits his back foot. His first read isn't there. He runs, picks up eight yards, and it seemed like the Vikings were just fine with it. Oh, you want to run for eight yards? Sure, do it. No problem. No problem. And the Eagles are not going to play that way. I mean, the Eagles' corners are excellent. I think they can leave them on islands. They can really focus on Jones and Barkley as runners, crowd the line of scrimmage, bring blitz, but they don't have to. I think their pass rush is really good. Eagles are a quick-starting team, which I think is a problem for the Giants because if this gets into Giants are dropping back mode, which is exactly what Dayball doesn't want, I think they're in big trouble, you know. So, I can see the fourth quarter of this one getting ugly. If there's a weakness to the Eagles and it's hard to find them. Their run defense isn't great, but the Sues and Coxes and all those older dudes, I think will be fresh and keep rotating them through and Javon Hargrave and I, as I said, I think they can crowd the line of scrimmage a little bit more too because their corners are much better than the Giants receivers. So, I don't think the Giants are going to be gashing them with runs, quarterback scrambles, design quarterback runs, Barkley. I'm sure they'll throw to Barkley a lot, but I just think you look at these rosters and the rest, they're really not close. And I think at home lubed up Philadelphia crowd, they win this one by double digits as well. Kind of shocked that the spread's only seven and a half. So I mentioned Bengals-Bills. I'm a little more worried about these teams I'm a lot more worried about these teams than I was a week or two ago. Cincinnati has some corner issues, which frankly didn't matter against the Ravens because the Ravens don't throw to wide receivers. But I don't think Jonah Williams, who's a vastly overrated left tackle, but the best they got there, is going to play. I think the right side of the Bengals line isn't going to play, which is their best lineman. And that that Bill's front is very formidable. Even without Von Miller, they go about eight deep with pass rushers, athletes, early picks, young guys, ascending players, Oliver, Rousseau, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But I also think that the Bill's secondary is okay, not great at this point. And Chase and Higgins are going to cause massive problems. Burrow's a total superstar and he'll handle that pass rush. As well as any young quarterback can, or better than any young quarterback can. But neither team runs the ball particularly well. Um, I have great respect for the Bengals' defensive coaching staff. I guarantee that they don't let Stefan Diggs beat them, even with their corner problems, that it's going to be Shakir, Knox, Cook, et cetera, et cetera. And that's not a very formidable unit. Um, I also think the Bills' offensive line, this doesn't get talked about enough, is very average, like well below the Steelers, to be honest with you, like is a problem. It's, It's not awful, but it's below average. And that Bengals front is really good. I don't think the Bills will run the ball well. I mean, Allen may have rushing yards, but I don't think conventionally they'll run the ball well. Allen's a total star and a unique player, but... The putting ball in harm's way stuff is really becoming a trend, and he let the the Dolphins hang around much more than he should have last week. If he does that against this defense, they'll lose. I mean, he's going to have to reel it in a little. I actually give the slight quarterback advantage to the Bengals. If, they, if their own line was healthy and this was on a neutral field, I think I would take the Bengals. I think they're a more well-rounded team, but in Buffalo with their injuries and whatnot, I'm going to take the Bills, but I think this is a much lower-scoring game than people think. Again, not much in the way of running games. I think both defenses stack up well. Uh, I would take the under 49 points, and I also would take the 5.5 as the Bengals, but I think the Bills win this one. Maybe the best game of the weekend. Well, both those are probably the best two games of the weekend, the Sunday games. But Dallas goes to the Niners. Niners are favored by 3.5. I definitely want the points. I'm reluctant to pick the Cowboys to win, but I think it's a very close game. Um, I don't trust Purdy. I just don't. I mean, he's in a phenomenal, phenomenal system for what he does well. Gets it out quick, reads defenses, been remarkably productive, hits guys in stride. But I think someone maybe this week, is going to force him to drive throws outside the numbers and down the field, and he's got a very bad arm. Um, He also is very unusual, unorthodox, however you want to say it. I would just say not good with his pocket presence and the way he moves in the pocket against this pass rush. I think that's going to be a massive problem as well. But the Niners are loaded. I mean, Purdy questions aside, is he going to turn into a pumpkin, blah, blah, blah. Their roster is just so good, and they make his life so easy by NFL standards, and their defense is loaded. I think a huge key is, you know, how well does Dak play? He's going to be under pressure, can't throw the ball to the other team, and I trust him. I I think Dak will play very well against a very stiff opponent. I also worry about the Dallas kicker situation. Yikes. But, you know, what I'm picking to be a close game, so I will take the Niners to win, but not by three and a half. I think this is like a – 24 23 type of game you know something along those lines 27 24 so so the fact that it's over three makes me take the underdog there so uh, stick around I'm gonna do something a little bit different kind of dawned on me last night Um, a little more Steeler related here but a little bit of a uh, history lesson too so I'll be back in a moment So, wife goes to bed last night and I'm sitting there watching TV as usual. Um, And I had a football life. You know, NFL Films puts or NFL Network puts out a football life. I've never missed one. I think it's a phenomenal series. There's a lot of Steeler ones out there. If you've never looked at it, please look into a football life and there'll be a football life, Franco Harris, a football life, Immaculate Reception, both of which were recent. Immaculate Reception was 1972, as you know, 50 year history of that. But what people around here forget is in 1972 was the undefeated Dolphins. And that also was its 50th anniversary and the only team ever to be um, an undefeated football team, as I'm sure most of you know. That was the year before I was born. So I wasn't exactly in my scouting prime. I was born on 1973. But last night's football life was all about the 72 Dolphins. And, because of the Immaculate Reception got so much credit, you probably realize this, but I didn't realize it to this degree. Steelers beat the Raiders, Immaculate Reception, 1972. They're a budding young, you know, playoff team. They're not household names yet. They're really young. Some of the stars on the team aren't even there yet for the Super Bowl run in 1972. But strangely, because <laughs> this, this is obviously told through the Dolphins' eyes, who were undefeated. I mean, they had to come to Pittsburgh for the AFC championship game. Why on earth was that game in Pittsburgh and not Miami? Well, the rules were different then they switched the home field based on division. Like this year, the North's going to get it this year. The South's going to get it, which is so dumb to me. And Zonka and those guys all said the same thing. They're like, we were undefeated. We had to go on the road for the AFC championship game in the cold. I guess they would have gone to Oakland had the Raiders win. So the immaculate reception did not make the dolphins happy. And, So they talked about that game a lot, and I urge you to check that out, even if you just want to watch that part. You don't care about all the Dolphins Dolphins stuff. Because at this point in 1972, Chuck Knoll was a new coach, basically, but he's a Shula disciple. So the Dolphins are like, we hated this matchup. They play exactly like we do. They have this young defense that at that point wasn't loaded with future Hall of Famers. You don't know that yet. And Miami had a great no-name defense don't make mistakes, extremely well coach. So they hated this matchup. In the cold, they're thinking the whole time, why aren't we hosting this game? We're undefeated. And Bob Greasy's their star quarterback, but he's fighting injuries. I think it was the reason. So Earl Morrill starts the game, and he gets pulled at halftime because he's doing nothing against a great Steeler defense. And Greasy replaces him at halftime. Comes And they win the game. They're the better team. They're further along in their development than the Steelers at that point. But even the guys there were saying, you know, that they're interviewing or saying, we lose this game if Earl Morrill Earl doesn't get pulled. But here's what I'm going with with this. And this relates to this year's Steelers. Can you imagine how much Noel, Bradshaw, the young 1972 Steelers learned from this game? An undefeated team comes to your place playing a very similar style with a really good defense, game manager, quarterback, run the ball with a three-headed attack, and you get this valuable playoff experience against what's go- what goes on to be the only team that's never lost a game in an entire year, 17-0. And you're how many times do you think Noel watched that tape over and over? To, and my point is, To, you know, to learn how to win. he's probably looking at the the Dolphins no-name defense going, we play similar, but I got Mel Blunt. They don't have a Mel Blunt. I got Joe Green. They don't have a Joe Green. You know, like, it had to help and shape the Steelers' blueprint of the 70s so much. You know, like, and... You know, to sum it up, again, I, I'm not comparing the 19 or 2022 Kenny Pickett led Steelers to the 72 Steelers that were about to win four out of six Super Bowls. But and, and I'm sure the 72 team was much further along than this year's Steelers teams. But this is why you want to go to the playoffs, folks. I mean, this is why there's tanking is never a good idea, in my opinion. Maybe it didn't belong in the, this year, but boy, this team would have learned something going to Buffalo last week. Even if you get your blo- doors blown off, you you understand playoff football and you look at the Bills and they go on to win the Super Bowl and you're like, okay, I you learn how to win. You learn how to win from great opponents. And just watching that football life last night, I thought, man, how amazing of an opportunity, although in defeat, was it for the 72 Steelers, who shocked the world the week before with the Immaculate Reception. They're playing with house money and they play this team tough. That's a historically good team with a very similar style, a very similar coach and go, we can do this, you know? And I think that springboards them as much as the actual play of the Immaculate Reception. Just my hunch, you know, we'll never know that answer, but I just thought that was interesting and kind of tied into this team as well. Uh, Everyone have a great weekend I'll be back next week to do more of the same See ya